Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Josh Brown, it's The Wind-Up. I'm Scott Hilford. You're still Josh Brown. How is he doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Thank you very much, Scott Elford. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing okay this week. We're, we're all good. Good. A, a nice little wind-up for the week. Now, sometimes we call it the wind-up because we argue with each other. Sometimes we call it the wind-up because we're just rounding up the latest news stories, the latest games, doing the rounds in the industry. And the biggest thing that we want to talk about, we can't um, until the next <laughs> few weeks. But that'll all become clear uh, in the future. Um, but I thought for this week we would do a bit of a news game sandwich. So we'll open on, on a news, a bit of a talking point. Then I want to dive into Sifu because uh, that game came out at midnight last night. Slash yesterday afternoon. Um, but they had a weird snafu thing with uh, early access where it was... I. I mean, I I was one of those guys that paid for early access, and then you couldn't play it. It just counted down, and then it just sat there. And then eventually it was available, played a little bit of that, and then I thought we'd end on a couple of other talking points as well. So um, the first thing that's doing the rounds from something this morning is uh, in an interview with Famitsu, where Platinum Games uh, CEO Atsushi Inaba, um, who was actually taken over from Hideki Kamiya, I didn't realize that. Kamiya was the dude yeah. that started Platinum, uh, went over from Capcom, you know, dude that's responsible for Okami, helped out on Devil May Cry. Um, big old deal, um, and very much responsible for Platinum Games being an absolute powerhouse. Um, he's um, now a VP, he's a vice president. He's been replaced by Atsushi Inaba. And there's an interview where Inaba is talking to some dudes from Famitsu about the way that Platinum Games are going to be handling themselves going forward. And it doesn't sound good at all. So we can have a conversation about the stuff that came out from this. Um, where, like I said, he's in this Famitsu interview and he says, when it comes to future game production, we want to focus on creating games that are different from the past. I would like to focus on creating games that can be enjoyed and loved for a longer period of time. We would still like to cherish and create games where you can enjoy the process of clearing the game by going through one-off well-designed stages such as Bayonetta. However, the projects that we are trying to create for the future will be different in terms of their structure. Considering the changes in the market over the next five years or so, I think this is absolutely necessary for us to do this. I'm sorry for being vague, but I think that's all I can tell you right now. Now, I don't know about you, but I play every single thing that Platinum's ever done. The only one I've not touched is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, but yes. um, the fact that they are specifically going against the idea of little one-off, little, you know, cool little creative ideas and moving into this big Behemoth live service sounding sludge is the absolute worst thing they could do to me. I agree, man. Like, Platinum has always been a studio for me that even though I haven't played all of their games, I've championed all of their games because I yeah. love what they do and I love that they've been able to do it for so long. They've released them um, consistent quality products that a lot of people have loved, even if I haven't, you know, maybe resonated with them. And I love that there's always been a space in this industry for them mm. and what they do. However, it's always felt a little bit inevitable that they might have to change just because of, like they said, you know, how games are made right now, the reality of what is and what isn't the financial success. 
how much money these games cost and the expected um, money they, they, they need to get mm-hmm. in to justify themselves. And it sucks that we're now in a position where someone like Platinum is now going, okay, we're not going to do what made us successful. We're not going <laughs> to do what players love. We're going to do these bigger games, these more open-ended games, these more live service sounding games. And that's just a shame, man. Like there are so mm. many live service developers out there. There's only one Platinum Games. You know what I mean? There's yes, only one Platinum well Games said. and I don't want to see them change in I that do way. wonder if, um, because I was just thinking I was, um, before we started recording, I was just thinking of different projects that they've done. I forgot that, you know, Scalebound was a thing. That was meant to be their yes. first big open world game with loot components and all these different uh, resources and collectibles that you could get out in the open world. And over time, they just couldn't bring that together now um hideki kamiya was the ceo back then um and i wonder if you know making something because the thing is the idea of you know doing a live service platinum game for me that lines it up with something like a warframe where it's like you have a really cool uh combat yeah. model and then you just slowly plug stuff in over time it's kind of the destiny model it's kind of the warframe model and maybe that just is something that they want to explore um it's just that idea of you know platinum a, a company that's kicked out so many cool worlds and ideas like near automata doesn't feel yeah. like it would exist in a it wouldn't exist in a long form multi-month live service plan thing and um for me it feels like a net negative i know that like most things that get said by most ceos in the gaming industry make us <laughs> run for the hills but i just like i look at the new ceo i look at platinum's history and i go this isn't it man this isn't what you yeah. guys should be doing Totally, but at the same time, you know, playing devil's advocate. And by the way, sorry to anyone who's listening if I sound like a little bit bunged up. If I do a big sniffle, <laughs> it's because I'm recovering from COVID-19 after do you know what? After I didn't weekend. even... I still got a bit, of a, a bit of a remnant of that. I just want to make it sure. I don't want people thinking that I'm just, you know, not holding the microphone over no, my no. hand or something. I'd... Man sounds beautiful. We gave you um, a little you. shout out on the main podcast last week. When I it was heard. Just me and ben Roy. I was I very heard. glad. Yeah, I was hoping that you're doing all right. I've not even addressed that. I'm very glad no, you're doing okay. all right. Bring, up, much, bring on all the bung. I will take whatever bung you've got. It wasn't bung <laughs> that I had last week, so I'm, I'm glad it's back. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, just wanted to quickly, quickly say that in course, case the, the, the listening um, enjoyment, the listening experience. As away. I get, actually, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll throw this out right now. In this new room that I'm recording in, I think S's sound wrong. So Scott, if S's sound weird, let me know. I don't think this is true, but Scott has sent me so many isolated voice clips of him <laughs> saying S words over and over again. And I think you're going like Jack Nicholson in The Shining Man in I that studio. Be. You're just kind of like losing it a little bit. Anyway, yeah. back to Platinum Games. I can't yes. remember your point, but I'm sure it was amazing. What I was going to say <laughs> uh, was that I, I do kind of see why they have gone down this route because they haven't mm. really had a big break. They've had successful games. Like you said, they've had Nier Automata, which sold way more than Sway Enix expected. They've had games like Bayonetta. They've had games like Metal Gear Solid Rising, but none of them have oh, ever... Sure. Um, you know, elevated them to the next level sales-wise. They've all done like, what, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million. They haven't had a proper 10 million style hit. In the Mm. same way that someone like From Software, a a studio that I would lump in with the likes of Platinum, not because their games are similar, but because they have a very distinct style. And until now, they've kind of committed to it game after game. But From Software managed to break the mainstream in a way that Platinum hasn't quite Mm. yet. So I kind of see why they've gone down this route after trying to get so many franchises off the ground, after having so many critically adored games, but Mm. not mainstream hits. I can see why they've made 
maybe gone, right, maybe we need to pivot. Maybe we need to do something that is more financially sustainable. The thing way. is as well, like, they, they deserve to be up there. Like, if I was going to yeah. pick any, you know, because that, that's, that's the weird pivot across the last sort of 10 years, as you've seen a lot of developers just look at various game mechanics and go, okay, what can we isolate? What can we siphon off and monetize that loop over and over again and then add more things back on? Um, but you're, all, you're always doing whatever the core gameplay loop is, whether that's an Avengers thing or an Anthem thing or whatever. And obviously those games' core mechanics weren't that satisfying. Anthem was fine enough at the absolute core of it. Um, but that's the thing. Platinum makes some of the most satisfying games at the core. So I, if you're going to do this, it does make sense that they would do this. Um, and I do quite like how Frankie's being about, you know, he's, I'm sorry I'm so vague, but I think that's all I can tell you right now. And, um, you know, also saying that they do want to still do games like Bayonetta. They just want to reach for the, uh, what the... I couldn't think of the word there. Reach reach for the fences? Reach, reach for, for the, the sky? Hills? I don't know. Reach, reach for, for the, the sky. <laughs> that's why you're here. I'd be sitting going, reach for the hills for the next 10 minutes. But still, um, I like the idea of them reaching a little bit more. I just have a vague feeling of a cloud of doubt uh, when it comes yeah. to the video game industry, especially right now. Um, in the, because, you know, do we think that NFTs are going to pop up alongside? Are Platinum going to get involved in that stuff? Don't I just do don't this know. to me. Don't do this to me, man. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, you know, we're in an even now where Sony is buying Bungie to go all in on like 10 mm. live oh God, service yeah. games. You know what 11 I mean? Of like them? this is 11. This is just kind of like what's happening now. And it sucks to see. And you could just kind of, you have to hope that when Platinum do make this change and the new games do adopt this model, mm. that they retain the soul that made mm. Platinum games so good to champion, even when I didn't personally enjoy playing them. You know what I mean? You have to hope <laughs> that sense of personality, that sense of passion mm. remains in these new games. And if they can do that, I think that's fine. I think that's mm -hmm. good. Like, you know, live services aren't inherently bad. It's just that no, more often true. than not, developers mess it up in that no, I... we have this trepidation I love Pokemon Go, so there's a way for it to be done. If Platinum want to do a Pokemon Go game or a Pokemon style game, I'll be I'll be all for it. And um, we should end this point though on what what's your favorite Platinum game? Like, what's the kind of thing where you're glad that they put it out? Like, it, it's because something like Nier Automata is does feel like a an insane risk. And I, I know yes. you like that a lot more than I did. That's it. Nier Automata is the one for me. That was a mm. game that I just I I had no expectations for. I didn't think I was even going to like. And I just, I couldn't put it down. Obviously, that has a lot to do with the actual writing itself, uh, you know, which is, I don't, y y Taro, Yoko Taro isn't, Yoko Taro, yeah. isn't involved with Platinum, I don't think. I think he was just He's working in collaboration. He's meant to be Final Fantasy, some weird thing. But I, something like that. I but yeah, know. the point I was making was that a lot of it came from Platinum, but a lot of it did come from Yoko mm. Taro's own mad vision. But I just thought they made such a brilliant partnership and made something that no one else could have. Like, no mm. one else but Platinum could have brought those combat mechanics, and no one else other than Yoko Taro could have made a story that mad <laughs> to get me in. So that's my personal favorite, but what's yours? I, I will shout out Astral Chain because I always feel like about three people played that. And yeah. uh, it's genuinely brilliant. I forget which podcast I was on where I described the gameplay mechanics, but very super quickly that thing's combat is all based around the right stick and you're like doing loops around other enemies or you're making um like you're dragging it along the screen so that when something charges at you you catch it in the chain and it just has all these really cool ideas that it was a switch exclusive it didn't make it across to any other platforms and like i said when it came out it felt like because i pretty much it was one of those games that i just devoured i needed i need a term for this when something comes out and i live <laughs> on something um because i just lived on this game it was so good and i feel like other people who played astral chain are forever holding the little flag up for it going like hey this was a thing and it was really yeah. really good um but because it was switch exclusive and because it dropped in i think 2018 um it largely uh, was completely overlooked so mine would definitely be astral chain followed very swiftly by metal gear rising i forgot that was yeah. a thing until you said but what an absolute time that game was um but yeah we'll keep an eye on platinum stuff going forward like it's it's weird how much um sony doubling down on live service stuff is lining up with other studios
shows um, getting out there and saying the same stuff. Maybe this was always in, on the, in, the, in the cards, on the cards anyway. Maybe I, this is the way they were always going to go. I mean, dude, I, I feel like it's it, it has been inevitable for years. Mm. You know, I was reading this morning about um, Activision Blizzard announcing record um, profits for microtransactions. I think they made over $5 billion just from in-game purchases mm. alone. So it's like you can't see numbers like that, which absolutely eclipse like actual game sales and not realize that this is where the industry is going. It's mm. just that you want the industry, if it is going to move in this direction, to do it in the best way possible that retains an element of creativity, that retains an element of soul but we haven't quite seen that yet and that's why me, likes of me and you and no doubt a bunch of people listening are so worried when we hear well, news like platinum going live service yeah i love the idea that we're just saying we, we'd like it to have a soul we'd like it to sort of have a reason to exist that would be nice Imagine, you know bare like, minimum think back to your younger self scott telford enjoying <laughs> games and being like in 20 years time you're going to just, just hope that these games have a soul that's yeah. all you want from them just literally <laughs> just uh, just packing sausages in a factory at some point just here's <laughs> here's a product that we uh saran wrapped and sent over to your way but i'm um, speaking of something that very much has a soul uh, and a game that i just i can't wait to get i was gonna say i can't wait to stop talking to you so i can play more of it but i mean in that that's in the fine. best possible way. Sifu, which might sound weird in this room because it's got a lot of S's in it. Sifu is <laughs> brilliant. Um, Sifu is very much the um, the final, you know, the, the best thing that Slow Clap could, could have done. Like, I loved Absolver. I love the idea of this, dark, this melee martial arts version of uh, Dark Souls, uh, where you were learning moves from different players. The more you had them done on you, or you were seeking out different parts of the map to learn better uh, moves that you could then put together in a combat deck. And this thing is just them going, we're a team of martial arts experts. We've got, we've got unbelievably tight choreography, um, and we can just make this story focused like really cool old school martial arts cinema tribute and um, where it's like a revenge kick thing and you're just out there just pasting dudes into the floor into the walls <laughs> through the windows left right and center um i feel like this game is something that a lot of people are curious about i've i paid for the early access thing because i really like slow clap and i just i feel like mar i think i said this to you before but i feel like martial arts are just not a thing in games yeah. anymore and i will pay for whatever game lets me kick people in the face so i was i was all over this i played it uh, quite a bit uh, last night and uh, uh, do you have any questions you would like to ask me about this game? Lest yes. I ramble on. So let me time. jump in because I've I've not actually been keeping keeping up with the reviews. I mm. don't know how well this is scoring at the moment. Like I said, Very we've well. been playing another game which has been taking up a lot of my time that we can finally talk about next week. Uh -huh. But my big question is the thing that I've seen doing the rounds and the thing that has elevated my own excitement to the point where I'm thinking of pre-ordering <laughs> it tonight so I can actually play it a day early is that I've seen a lot of people, Scott comparing it to my game of the year 2021 return friend and mine and this has made me insanely excited why is that comparison comparison doing the rounds and well. is it apt well, so, yeah, so the Returnal stuff, I think, comes from a general idea that this game is ludicrously hard. Like, I, I was just, literally before we hit record, um, I saw kind of funny Tim Gettys just a full all-caps tweet going, oh, my God, I just beat Sifu. Oh, my God, I finally got through it. So it is, <laughs> um, I think it'll get dwarfed by Elden Ring in regards to the the, the hard game Olympics. But um, it is very tough. The way that the, the death system works in this game is very cool, um, but it also leads to you potentially losing all your progress. So the way that it works is um, you have one lifetime, quote-unquote, to get through five areas. There are there's five zones in total, and some of them are longer than others. Um, but you have uh, one lifetime to do this. So you start at, at age 20, 
Um, and every time you die, obviously you get a death counter that goes up. And every time you die, that number gets added onto your life. So the more you die right. overall, let's say you die six times to a boss fight, um, you're then you're becoming you know 26, 32, whatever, um, to the point where you can go all the way up to 75. Um, and if you die, and like I said, you've got you need to get through all five zones on this one lifetime. Um, if you die, let's say you finish the second area, and I, I was last night, you're age 66 already. Um, and you're, I think the death count resets every level, but you, your age doesn't, you can, you yeah. can reset to the age that you were when you started one of the five levels, but you've banked that age. So if you want to um, do better, you've got to start the whole game over again, maybe do the first two levels, die less so that you're starting the third area at age 30 or whatever. So you've got more age to use up against the harder bosses later on. So it has a really cool approach to death and sort of like, um, meta narratively, it's, it's kind of this whole, um, metaphorically, sorry, it's this embodiment of the ethos of Kung Fu, this idea of can you learn all there is to learn um mastering a martial art in one lifetime it's sort of an embodiment of that which i think is really really cool like i love hong kong martial arts cinema everything else and so um i got through the first um first area i got right to the boss in the second area couldn't land a single hit on the second boss and got wiped man i was 75 on the floor um by the time i was fighting that second boss and when you do that and um, the game says hey you can restart the second area overall the whole thing it's quite a lengthy area the second uh, the club area it's what's been in some of the previews um, or you can go back to the beginning uh, age 20 and see if you can bank a better age to start the second area with to try yeah. and get further so there is very much a reality where and it's already happening online people are getting to the fifth area um age 68 or whatever um dying and going right back to the start or realizing that they're actually effed because they should have done better in the earlier levels to bank more age to have more time to beat the later bosses um i see that being something that's going to drive me up the wall but at the minute <laughs> um i i'm just appreciating it at the minute because i i know what i need to do to get better which is the thing that returnal didn't give me scott elford right i've got you <laughs> being pumped directly into my ears through my um, own headphones, right? And you might as well have been whispering sweet nothings into them right there because that is exactly what I'm after. That sounds incredible. I was wondering after watching the previews mm. how they were going to incorporate that um, age mechanic into yes. the game, whether it was going to be just a gimmick or whether it was going to be more substantial. And it feels like they've tackled that in a really interesting way. Mm. And everything that you just said there is it's it's already got the dopamine hits going on in my oh, brain. God, I yeah, could already, yeah. I'm anticipating getting my ass kicked by it just to get back up. <laughs> and try again i love that loop i love that genuinely so much and I'm, i want to give it a go the uh the martial arts side of it as well the choreography is ludicrously tight obviously a lot of the, the previews right. a lot of the trailers were centered on uh, your main character doing like a whole flurry of like maybe eight or nine moves in succession and then cutting to the word sifu um just getting across that they have nailed the the, the choreography side of it the, the motion capture side of it um and yeah like the actual gameplay itself you know you you can uh hold l1 to block you can tap it to parry and you can also hold l1 and press up or down on the left analog stick to duck hits or jump over if someone's trying to leg sweep you um everything happens really really fast um, but it is trying to uh, encourage you to get into a mindset where you're reading animations as much as possible. You almost precognitively muscle memory style block incoming attacks just because you're so used to the, the vague rhythm that it kind of gets into um, with people, <clears throat> people attacking you at once. Um, and when people are st um, stunned, you can do finishes, you press triangle circle together. I should say as well that this is PlayStation, PlayStation exclusive for now. It's on PS4 and PS5. Um, but yeah, you can do finishes when people are staggered or you can throw them. So if you want to like make the use of that stagger, throw them into someone else, create some room. Um, you can also pick up bottles, weapons, different parts of the environment, or you can um, unlock an ability 
and where you press R1 and you just kick whatever it is at someone, like Jackie Chan style, nice. where he would nice. just hoof something with his foot um, and finish a dude off with a bottle before you turn back around and smash some other guy through a window. Um, that stuff is absolutely brilliant. Also, I didn't mention in regards to the death mechanic that the only time you can level up, unless you find specific statues in the level, is when you die. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi. So when you're mm. on the ground and you've got your death total, um, your character has a sequence of, I should know the name, it might be Pac-Me uh, beads, um, specific set of beads that you have, and uh, they slowly break over time the more you uh, age. But that screen is where you buy new moves, so you're almost coming back from the dead with a new ground sweep or like a new mm. ability to counter more or whatever. So the, the whole idea is that you're getting stronger over time. Um, and once you've unlocked those moves, some of them are five times over. You'll, you'll bank it forever. So uh, you need to, you know, do these levels enough to get enough XP to unlock something forever, or you're just trying to bank it on a particular run. So it's a bit roguelike-ish. Like, it kind of yeah. has that run element to it. Um, but also, you you can sort of knuckle down on over enough time, you'll eventually overcome it, because you'll eventually have enough XP to get all the abilities to finally get you through. I like the sound of that. And for me, as long as the actual core combat is fun and fluid, mm. which it sounds like it is according to your description there, mm-hmm. like that, that's that to me is gonna be the thing that ties it all together. You know, that's the thing that people are kind of there to experience. And then the added challenge is just the cherry on top for me. Mm. So I'm really excited to dive into this for myself and hopefully have the same <laughs> mostly glowing uh opinions of it than you have. One thing that I just want people to see, I've not sent you the video for this because you were saying you might play it. I want, I need you to experience this yourself. The game's okay. opening credit sequence is the best opening credit sequence possibly ever. I'm just saying, 
I'm just putting that out there to the world um, because the way that they've cut it together, the way they mesh gameplay and tutorial and the visuals, oh my God, the style, the art direction and the soundtrack by Howie Lee is a fun, oh, it's so much. <laughs> the, the soundtrack is so good. There's like, I mean, there's a there's a club level that's already out there with a thumping beat for you. It just, just mash dudes into the ground. But the way they do the opening, the whole, the whole cinematic intro, all that stuff and the credit sequence in particular is absolutely stellar. I, oh my God, I can't sing that thing's praises enough i want it known on record that the first thing that happened when i came back to work this morning was scott tilford uh, sending me the the, the soundtrack theme. for this game you're at home today josh enjoy this this is going to cheer you <laughs> up and it did it was good man it made me excited for this game and i love it just give me bass rhythms over and over again. But yeah, Howie <laughs> Lee, already an absolute like Adonis anyway, but uh, did the enti- done the entire soundtrack to Sifu, which is now available, thankfully, on the play- on one of the PlayStation uh, channels on YouTube. I don't think it's on Spotify yet. Um, but yeah, Sifu, incredibly promising. I've only done a couple of, uh, couple of hours on it. Um, I got through the first level first time, and then, I, like I said, I got all the way to the end of the second area, the, the second boss, um, on my first life, let's say, um, which I, I, looking at the Reddit, looking at social media, like a lot of people are struggling with the overall mechanics themselves, and I'm sure I will over time. Um, like I said, that second boss, I couldn't even land a hit on him. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll see how we go. But I was an old man approaching that guy. My thoughts are when I get home, I'm going to restart the whole game and I'm going to go back yeah. in, try and get to that guy, let's say less than age 40, and maybe I'll uh, be able to get through more of it. But hopefully you dive into and we can do more um, follow-ups going forward because there's a lot of games right now and there's a lot oh of my things God. to juggle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh man, there are so many games coming out. There are so many big games as well. Yeah. It's not like it's small. Like you got Dying Light 2, which is like 500 hours long. You've got Elden Ring coming up. How are you supposed to fit all of this well, into February? The thing is, Oli Oli World's out at midnight as well, which I am going to get because I love Oli Oli World and it looks so good. And I love Oli Oli and Oli Oli World looks so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dying Light 2, I just, I keep, I did a tweet being like, I should probably see what that's all about because it's like a big deal and it's doing really well and it kicked Halo Infinite off the most played charts. And I'm like, oh yep. yeah, I should do that. But it's <laughs> it's impossible, isn't it? It's, it's, we've got a half a year's worth of delays from 2021 just crunched yep. into a February window. It's kind of dumb, it but really not is. to worry. Um, but yeah, Sifu, stunning, can't wait to play more and hopefully I'll finish it. I think you'll do it in one life. I think you'll start this <laughs> and you'll just beat the whole thing. All those returnal genes, I'll come back in. <laughs> But we'll see what happens by this time next week. Um, a couple of other things to talk about, though, in terms of news things. Um, now, this broke at the end of uh, Monday last week, and we didn't really talk about it that much. We didn't have much time to put a news video together for it. Um, but the Suicide Squad game has been delayed until 2023. Um, Kill the, uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, Rocksteady's next game, Rocksteady's first game, and it will be in eight years by the time it finally releases next year. Wow. Um, what's your thoughts on, on this thing? Now, I think I'm way more lukewarm on the design of it and what they've shown overall anyway, but what do you think of them delaying it right in February? <laughs> on the end of january straight away yeah it seems odd doesn't it Mm. but i was looking back on last year and warner brothers actually did a really similar thing with the harry potter game and gotham knights like they were supposed to come out at the end of last year and immediately into 2021 like i'm pretty sure it was around this time maybe march or something they were just like it's they're not gonna hit they're not gonna hit (laughs) we're gonna push them a year and now they don't even have concrete dates now a year later you know what i mean so it's kind of seems like they've done that again so it makes you think i don't know i haven't actually read the uh bloomberg report does it say why it was delayed because i can see them just maybe having a pipeline issue like they've already got gotham knights Mm. they've 
already got um, Harry Potter. They might have more things that we don't know about. Maybe they just don't have room for this. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of pushed it to early next year to kind of let it dominate its own space. Well, that's the sure. thing. Mentioning the, the Gotham Knights uh, TV show, I think, was what got off the ground as of a couple of days ago. It seems like they are uh-huh. trying to do more cross-media stuff. So maybe it is just a case of not like you know, putting too much out at once. Um, the Harry Potter thing's interesting, though, because that, I feel like that game's been announced for years upon years as well. Yeah. But for me, when I think of Warner Brothers as a, um, you know, as a, as a managerial force in gaming, they're pretty bad. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like they get nearly everything wrong. And when they're not canning in progress near finished games, they're putting too many microtransactions into the ones that they're letting through the door anyway. So I don't know, maybe it's a pipeline issue. Maybe it is just general management. But the fact that they've had a whole marketing campaign advertising 2022, and then at the start of the year that it was meant to be coming out going, hey, actually, by the way, it's going to be 2023. And we're yeah. only a month in. And um, that it's... seems like mismanagement 101. Totally, especially with Rocksteady, like you said, you know, by the time this game comes out, it'll be eight years Mm. since Arkham Knight. And if you look into the reports, it sounds like they've had so many false starts, you know, making this project and that project and finally being put on Suicide Squad. And it just makes you think, what the hell is going on over (laughs) at Warner Brothers? How are they mismanaging a studio of such caliber? You know, Rocksteady should have been like, they were one of the biggest developers in the 2010s. And then they dropped off the map overnight and now it's been eight years since they last released a game and it's like how how has that happened to a developer of this level you know it just it shouldn't it shouldn't be like this the thing that annoys me it's like because you can roll in the platinum thing and it's like it's what happened with square enix like they or or ea or uh, bioware like you put all your eggs in one basket you make this massive risk you take this massive risk you got this massive game it's live service look at the graphics oh my god and it costs all this money and we've got all these actors and all this rendering technology and blah blah and then it fails and like in square enix's case they almost killed themselves over it like that company almost went bankrupt they were saved yeah. by final fantasy 7 remake sheer timing that brought them back and then anthem obviously massive mistake and so i look at this and i'm like your warner brothers are doing one of them they're doing their um killer justice league it is very much a four-person squad shooter it just it just looks like a loot shooter squad mechanic thing that i nigh on guarantee is going to fail like i just don't see this working like there's there's the rock steady side of it that props it up but nothing in the gameplay looks that fresh i mean it just looked like a third person shooter with ostensibly loot components and squad mechanics i i will agree that what we've seen so far certainly doesn't Bound look fresh up, necessarily yes. <laughs> it doesn't look doesn't look fresh doesn't look that original but I, from what i've seen i do think there's a level of quality maybe there or certainly a mm. level of personality there that's at least getting me in like I, I was watching the trailer i was laughing at the trailer i thought the you know abilities that were being used look fun like it might not come together but there are elements there, you know, just because like we were saying, you know, Rocksteady is this developer with such um, quality that we know they can produce that yes. even if they are making this game, that might not be what a lot of fans want. I have to believe that there's going to be something there. They can't spend you eight know? years working on, you know, these different projects and have <laughs> the thing that is released be a soulless, you know, That's- live service gimmick. That's kind of my thing though. I, I don't think the Suicide Squad is a thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I just the movie was Explain. such a bomb. The the latest movie was such a bomb. The av- yeah. I've not I don't know anyone who cares about Suicide Squad as it <sighs> has an entity overall. Like people care about Batman, people care about Spider-Man. People, quote unquote, I don't think give a hoot. I was gonna use a different word about Suicide Squad. 
And I feel like they keep banking on this because it's Guardians of the Galaxy energy. That's why they got James Gunn to do the movie. And they keep, it's, again, it feels like a Warner Brothers movie. It's like, well, this worked, so we should do our version of that. And it's yeah. not that the um, the most recent movie wasn't fine. I didn't really enjoy it that much, but a lot of people did. And um, it feels like that's what they're going for. But it was a massive bomb because to me, yeah. people don't care. And I wonder if Warner Brothers are shifting things around, whether it's a pipeline thing or just game development, because they are very skittish. They canceled the Damian Wayne Batman Arkham game or whatever it was um, from Warner Brothers Montreal. And I wonder if they're looking at all their test audience stuff and going like, this actually isn't really going to work. Although I don't know how a delay really fixes that unless you upend yeah. who you play as or something. But like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be pooping myself if I was attempting to launch a Suicide Squad game after what will almost be, a, well, will be a half a decade of Suicide Squad stuff largely yes. backfiring. I, I know what you mean, and I do agree that the Suicide Squad isn't, like, as a thing, as a franchise, is nowhere near as big as Warner Brothers clearly no. wants it to be, right? You know, obviously, the, the original movie did well at the box office, but did terribly critically. The next uh, movie by James Gunn did well critically, but did terribly at the box office. <laughs> it's not quite there at the level that I think Warner Brothers wants. But that said, I don't think there's necessarily a correlation between, you know, the movie franchises and game franchises. You know, if that was the mm. case, Square Enix is the Avengers would have been like the biggest selling game on name <laughs> brand alone obviously it wasn't we care about different things than yeah. the movie fans care about you know in terms of these franchises Uncharted's so about to that, prove that again as well exactly Uncharted's about to prove that so when it comes to this game I feel like as long as the game works on its own terms as long as it has enough on its own merits to kind of justify its existence and get people in mm. the Suicide Squad name or branding isn't necessarily going to poison that i don't think because you know we're open to so much and nobody cared about the guardians of the galaxy until that was a movie that everyone loved you know what i mean like all true, it takes true. is one good bit of media to make the suicide squad happen and i feel That's like true. if this game does it it can overcome that obstacle though i do agree that you know it's not a game that you can put out just because of the name you can't just push a suicide squad game out and expect people to care because like you said evidently there's mm. not necessarily that hunger for that franchise. I just, I don't even know if I could name them. I can name Harley Quinn <laughs> and King Shark. I part of me thinks if you did a King Shark game, that that would be, a, a, like right now, would be a big deal. You could take Amazing Spider-Man's uh, Venom Eats Children mechanic. I don't know, <laughs> yes. and put, put that yes. into something. But um, yeah, I just, like I said, I think my overall feeling is that, that, that this game is a bit um, corporately stitched together. I don't, it just doesn't feel like Rocksteady who went from, um, it was an urban uh, riot response, urban control riot response. Yeah, they went urban from, Else, wasn't it? Urban yes, chaos, riot response yeah. into Batman Arkham Asylum, which they were given because the, because the actual movie game fell through for Dark Knight, um, and then skyrocketed through Arkham City and Arkham Knight, and then just kind of, I don't think they would then go, okay, let's do a Suicide Squad game. That just, I mean, maybe, but I just feel like there's a lot of weird parts to this that I saw. I feel like it's the next big Jason Schreier behind the scenes report waiting to well, happen, and I hope I mean, I'm proved wrong, but yeah. No. I think you are right. You know, I don't want to speak for Rocksteady, but we know from those reports <laughs> that it was, you know, Warner Brothers who wanted to have some kind of a Suicide Squad game. Like that was mm -hmm. originally in development at WB Montreal. Like they yep. had a Suicide Squad project that were taken off it, that it was given to Rocksteady. We don't really know how or why, whether Rocksteady wanted it to begin with or what, mm -hmm. but the idea is like this project and Gotham Knights has been kicked about over there 
for like a decade nearly, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's finally coming to fruition. But it's it's fascinating how which studio ended up with what in well, what. Yeah, and know, that's what I kind of want to know going forward. Yeah, and like stuff like Arkham uh, Origins being like like Rocksteady gave Warner Brothers Montreal this the city mesh from Arkham City, and then they used that for Origins. And there's all this sort of back and forward of like the two uh, the two teams working together underneath Warner Brothers. But yeah, I don't know. I I would just want to see what they've done. I want to see what this thing is. It gives me weird vibes when I see the gameplay, even though I think like you said the cutscene the jokes the script looks like solid enough um but yeah curious how that thing shakes out last thing to talk about is ghostwire tokyo finally getting a whole bunch of gameplay and i don't know about you if you played 2004's beatdown but that's what that <laughs> reminds me of. What a game. I, I did not. Please explain what that means. <laughs> so Beatdown was a game. I don't know if it was Xbox exclusive, but I played it on Xbox. And it was a first-person melee game. There was a whole thing in like 2003, 2004, Chronicles of Riddick and Beatdown were two really cool first-person melee-focused games. Um, and Beatdown went way further with it than Riddick did. Um, where in Beatdown, you could do running slides and uppercuts, and you could do spin kicks. Obviously, it was first-person, so the whole camera would move around and everything. Um, but you were doing all these different combos and all this like high-octane fighting stuff all in first-person. They actually added Beatdown to um, backwards compatibility on Xbox, and part of me wants to go back to it, because there's an energy bar that you eat in that game in first person that young me <laughs> thought was really, really cool, that you could just eat a bar in first person. And so I need to go back and see how that thing's aged, but that's what that reminds me of. Um, the more they've shown... Um, well, actually, it reminds me of that, and it reminds yeah. me of the way... Um, I can't think of the name of the character, the Buddhist character from Overwatch, um, yes. the floating, floating chap. Um, yes. The way that that guy would use various different orbs, different energy orbs, different balancings of elemental and everything else um, with all ranged attacks. It reminds me of that. Like you're sort of doing lots of really cool hand movements and sending out different abilities and everything. But what did you think of what you've seen so far? Dude, I thought it looked sick. I was watching it <laughs> and I wasn't sure about it initially because, you know, I really mm. like Tango, but I was kind of, for me, I just wanted more Evil Within. I was like, do more survival horror, yes. do more third person stuff. So the switch to a first person, more action oriented focus for me, mm. I was kind of like wondering whether they were going to nail it. And I went into the state of play or maybe it was just the PlayStation showcase, whatever it was, and um, with a bit of yes. caution, but watching like that combat unfold, watching those animations get like pumped off and those kind of (laughs) really exciting and creative enemy designs like fill the screen. I just thought, you know Mm. what? This is the kind of mad stuff that I want out of my video games. This is the kind of weird, creative, imaginative combat that just like we were talking about with platinum earlier just doesn't really happen much so even if it's not a kind of 10 out of 10 masterpiece i'm excited to get my hands on it because i was sold by what i saw in well, the like, gameplay reveal shinji mikami obviously has a history with capcom with high octane action stuff and if you can do a devil may cry platinum adjacent combat model in first person where you're flying through the air doing air dashes and knocking dudes out the sky and stuff and if that feels good then that would be that would be pretty incredible my thing that stood out was that they have um, a little shop being ran by a cat in what looks like a kimono and i was like that's great apparently he talks to you and stuff and um, just seems really really cool i'm there for crazy um chinji mikami type business like give me dmc yeah. characters also the fact that it's like photorealistic tokyo um like yes. as someone who has been planning to go to japan for two years now and it keeps getting delayed because of big vid then i'm just like i'll just live vicariously through this game and if i have yeah. to kill some demons to go across the shibuya crossing <laughs> crossing then fine you're going to have to do it. I, my life, I thought the, the design of the world looked fascinating. I like the verticality to it. I like that you mm. can just like get up to the top of like these buildings and stuff, explore that way. I know they've said it's not open world, but it seems like there is a focus on exploration in there. Yeah. And all in all, I came out of it just thinking, yeah, I'm on board now. I will get this day <laughs> one and see how it is for myself, you know, and I wasn't 
that on board with it beforehand but now like you said you know they've got this mad level of creativity to it there's, mm. there's this um really charming streak that seems to be running through it i thought the graphics looked a bit dull in a lot of yeah. ways which wasn't the best especially because this is a ps5 exclusive at least initially that kind of sucks but apart from that the combat the world the story the design i mean I'm i don't mind if they if they're sacrificing uh graphics rendering texture passes or whatever for the sake of performance and, and being like in the moment like i i'm playing yeah. pokemon legends arceus it looks like it's from <laughs> on an n64 like it's fine but i'll take that if it, if it uh, comes together well enough um yeah quick thoughts on the exclusive thing i think that'll be a one year timed exclusive oh, if that i don't even know if they've commented absolutely. on that since the acquisition but i imagine it won't take very long before it's on xbox yeah, totally. I think it'll be a year timed exclusive, kind of mm. like I imagine Deathloop will be as well. Mm. You know, these are very much the kind of leftovers from that Microsoft <laughs> deal that they're just contractually obliged to keep because mm -hmm. Bethesda had already signed with Sony. It's, it's like really when two friends fall out and they leave like their toys <laughs> at the other person's house and you've got yeah. to send someone around to pick them up again. Which for me is actually, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in a way because I don't think this would have sold if it was just a regular, mm. you know, Sony exclusive. But now if it doesn't sell, it's fine because it's a one-off anyway and microsoft's gonna get it so i'm kind True. of like i don't feel like kind of secondhand pressure for it to perform i just i'm pleased that it exists and i get to <laughs> enjoy it that's that's where i'm coming from i'm just super curious and let it let it be said that not enough people played 2004's beatdown if you want to go <laughs> try that game and what i'm assuming is 4k 60 hdr then you very much should and um, but for now this has been the wind up i'm gonna go back and play some more sifu josh brown is also gonna hopefully play some sifu and we'll check in on stuff in the coming weeks or so but i've been your host scott hilford joined by josh brown Always a pleasure, Scott Telford. <laughs> Always a pleasure to any and all listening to our voices. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>